What's wrong with you people? How do y'all feel this morning? Why do you always make me define what you meant? Welcome to the Reformatory, the podcast where we engage questions of life and theology in a reformed and hopefully funny way. My name is Daniel Corey. I'm pastor at King's Cross in Kirkland, Washington. And I'm Josh Loftus, member at King's Cross Church in Kirkland, Washington. Yes, sir. It's the same King's Cross Church. It's the same one. There's not two. Yep. So, Josh, what do you? Uh, what do we got, man? Man, well, before we get going, mm-hmm. we have a sponsor. Ooh. It's fantastic. You know that's that's how you know a podcast is legitimate. It is is by their sponsors. They, they shall know swag. us. They shall know us by our sponsors. <laughs> yes. yes. And who's our sponsor today? Kingsman Grooming. This is the uh, sadly the final uh, episode that they have uh, sponsored for us. We've uh, enjoyed our relationship with them, but it's time to part ways. Uh, after this, it's it wasn't not, him. It was us. It, yes, it's not. It's not them. It was us. Um, <laughs> definitely. Good beard uh, products. Great beard products, awesome beard oils, cool leather goods yeah. on their website, kingsmangroomingpros.com. Follow them at kingsmangroomingusa on Instagram. Uh, and yeah, just really, really awesome beard products. They sent us some. I was wearing it uh, yesterday, actually. The cherry tobacco mm-hmm. beard oil made my beard smell amazing. People wanted him to put a veil over his face because his face was shining like Moses. That's right. Yeah. It, well... My beard was glistening. Yeah, well, it, it, well I didn't rub it. it on my face, Dan. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> I know how beard oil Excellent. works. So go and check them out. Check them out. Get you some beard product. Get you some leather goods. Or to the listeners who don't have beards, yep. bless a bearded person in your life. Yeah, send us send us some stuff. Send. Uh, oh yeah, and yeah, others I mean, too. I mean us. Yeah. yeah oh yeah, yeah. Specifically us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> KingsmanGroomingPros.com. Go check them out, guys. Oh, and you can, if you go right there, I forgot to mention this. Oh, my goodness. This is important. Throw it in. If you type in the code REFPOD, R-E-F-P-O-D, you will get a discount on your final order. I can't believe I- It's I, like 50%. I should have led with that. Okay. 50%? Yeah, ma- eh, Maybe no. not quite 50. Maybe 10. Maybe 10. Yeah. So REFPOD in the discount code at checkout, you'll get a discount. Go check them out. So I just wanted to uh, speak- Right now to our listeners, I know you've been worried about us. You know that we are in the path of destruction of Snowmageddon. 2.0. And we are survivors. We're alive. Uh, If this message reaches you. We are Seattle strong. We are Seattle strong. (laughs) (laughs) Is that why you're wearing that bracelet? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) We got, in, in Kirkland where I'm at, we got a whopping... Five and a half inches of snow. It's massive. The society ground to a halt, people. You, you, you my, would have so thought. my folks out on the Olympic Peninsula legit got over two feet. Yeah, that snowmageddon. Yeah, what we had was uh, a flurry. Snowmageddon. <laughs> just, just a little less. So it's like snowmageddon's little brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but some of us, it wasn't me, and it wasn't Chan. But some of us. Had a hard time driving in the snow. Josh, do you want to expand on that? Yeah, and I'd, I'd like to, yeah. It makes it sound like... It was skill. 
it was a lack of skill. No, that's see, that's, lack that's of I know that's a what lack you're going, of experience. Fault. No, see, that's I knew you were framing it in that way as to make me appear like a bad driver in the snow. Yes. So here's the thing. So I grew up in Eastern Washington, and where get, we get lots of snow, yeah. lots of snow, right? However, I mean, in Eastern Washington, you have four wheel drive cars, all wheel drive cars. You have cars that are meant for the seasons, right? Sure. Out here, you don't have that. Um, so I normally drive a pristine, gorgeous, top of the line, luxurious 2012 Toyota Camry. <laughs> All right, which was which, assailed. Which yes, which was yeah, which had if our if if our for our longstanding listeners, you know that I was in an accident. Uh, I was hit, and just now, like, I got the car in to be fixed. Yeah, just now, three months later. Yeah, and guess what happens when I put my car in? You get a rental. I get a rental. Yes, and they paid for it. It was wonderful. Ford, two thousand nineteen. Mustang, which you've been enjoy- enjoying. Oh man, this is the I love this car. This car's got some get up and go. It'll get you into trouble really, really fast. I love this car. Yeah, it's fantastic. Convertible top, all the bells and whistles. How heated is it? seats? I thought I was having a heart attack because I got really, really hot, and yeah. I realized that it was the heated seats, so I yes. had to turn them off. How is it in the snow? Like a <laughs> newborn baby, <laughs> like beautiful in the snow. <laughs> Helpless. Slippery? <laughs> Helpless. <laughs> Helpless. It is the worst car. That you, I would rather a Volkswagen bug. Oh, man. This is the worst. It's rear wheel, rear wheel drive. There you go. It's horrible. Sp- and I can't, I can't enjoy it. Like, <laughs> the one week I get a Mustang for free, we get Snowmageddon, and I can't enjoy it. I can't even take it out. I can't even take it to Safeway. I still have the original tank of gas. <laughs> it's killing me. Well, I'm glad that you survived Snowmageddon. I'm glad that I have Marcos of you, well, from your wife, yeah. of you driving in the snow with that. I, yeah. I'm pleased. Yeah. But uh, I'm glad you're still here, Josh. We're all still here. I am here. Yeah. And sadly, the Ford Mustang will be going away. What? No. Yeah. That's sad. Next week. Are you going to buy one? I'm at this point, I've gotten so used to the thing. I'm be like, hey, you know, can we just do a trade? Yeah, okay. like can we <laughs> straight across, straight straight across the board? A vintage, trade, vintage like Toyota Camry. <laughs> it's so luxurious. It's so comfortable. There's so yeah. much room for your knees. It's not even funny. Yeah, yep. Very good. So, what do we got for uh, topic today? We've uh, been working our way through Tulip. Yes, we've oh. gotten uh, Total Deprav. Right, Toad Deprav. Toad Deprav. We've uh, taken a look at Unconditional Election. Mm-hmm. It's unconditional. Uncon. Uncon. Yep. <laughs> and uh, Limited Atonement. Yeah, which we, goes by we fourteen different titles depending on where people are at with with their theology and their desire and we to beat rename that everything. horse to death. <laughs> It was, it was two apps. It was two apps. It should have been one app. No. Should have been. I, I, I maintain it should have been one. So today irresistible. we got Irresistible Grace. Grace. Irresistible Grace. This is a great one. So, and you know what's interesting about this one? And I wanted to lead off with this because as a kid, and I had a huge problem trying to distinguish what the real differences between Irresistible Grace and Unconditional Election were. Because to me, they were like, well, it's kind of the same thing. Like, God elects sure. you. You can't change that. Irresistible grace, he gives that to you. So can you can you help my 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 14-year-old mind out here? Okay. 
and explain well, to me, well, li- little Joshy. Yes, fourteen-year-old Joshy. Teach me. Yeah, teach me. <laughs> Let me sit on sit on your lap and tell me. No, fourteen. That'd be weird. Never mind. Continue. <laughs> so, ignoring much of what I just heard. Unconditional election uh, takes place before the foundations of the world. Yes. Before the foundations of the earth are laid, God has determined who he will save, who he will call to be um, his own. And are you listening, Josh? I don't feel like you're paying attention. I feel like you're turning the heater off. Sorry, I had to get up and turn the heater off because it's boiling in here. I thought it was just me. I thought I thought I thought this thought was a heated a heart seat. Again. I thought this was a heated seat, and it's not. So continue. So please. irresistible grace is God's saving actions in time and in space, moving upon the heart of a person to bring them into the salvation that He determined they would experience in eternity past. Got it. So the difference is present versus past. Yeah. So they're tied. You don't get irresistible grace, right? If you've not been unconditionally elected, exactly. But one happened outside of time. One, it's like they all connect. It's like they. It, it's like it's almost like you can't take one without the other four. Sure. Yeah. Another. Right. Another name that this goes by, um, and there might be some nuances differentiating the two, but would be effectual calling. Yes. So God bringing someone, calling them. So there's the general call. Anytime right. the gospel is preached, men, women, and children of every tribe, nation, tongue are called to repent of their sin and put their faith in Christ. Yes. That general call does not necessarily in and of itself have the power to, it's not effectual call. So people can hear it and not respond. Right. But when the effectual call of God goes out, the spirit moves on a person, they are made alive in Christ. So they're raised from the spiritual dead. They are united to the son by means of the, the work of the Holy Spirit. They come alive spiritually and that's what we call the irresistible grace of God. Right. And it works, again, it, it, it dovetails perfectly, like you said, with election, because if we're going to believe in the points that we have gone through up to this point, total depravity, we are unable to save ourselves, we're unable to do anything good, unable to even desire the things of God, if election is, is, is based solely upon the sovereignty of God— Uh-huh. And only that, and not based on will or 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 our own merits, the grace that we are given by God must, by both logical and and scripturally, be irresistible. We can't thwart it, right? If God chooses to give His grace to somebody in the moment, they do not have the power. Just just as they don't have the power to accept that on their own, sure, they do not have the power to reject it, mm-hmm. right? So we have to irresistible grace is a very important doctrine, and it's a doctrine that's built upon the points that we have covered up to this point. Yeah, if you have if you believe in total depravity, there must be something that moves upon a person who's dead in sin, right? At enmity with God, um, where they are not able to do good, to do good. Right. Romans 3 says that they're not even able to seek after God. Yeah. God must seek them. And so the category we would put those saving actions of God would be irresistible grace. So what what would someone who's on an Arminian 
so irresistible grace is obviously it's a response yes to an Armenian view of grace yep resistible grace Resi- yeah yeah so I don't know if that's like legitimately what they <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if that's the name of what they called it that's that's essentially the truth but though. what what yeah. would their view of grace be you're right well their their view of grace again would be going basing it off of the fact that they believe that we are have it inherent good within us that we are able to choose Christ that just because that just in the same way we are able to choose Christ choose the things of God we are also able to reject it yeah that so it, it's the like the gift illustration right it's someone's going to give you a gift you have the choice to accept that gift mm-hmm. take it open it enjoy it or be like no I don't like the wrapping Yes. You can keep your stupid white elephant gift and I want this one. Yes. You can choose something else, right? Yeah. So it puts the responsibility ultimately it puts the responsibility of whether or not someone is saved and the person and the the mind and the heart is changed, it puts the responsibility on the individual mm-hmm. to make that decision. So they would still call it grace. They would still they say would still this call is it grace. undeserved favor. Right. So they they I want to I want to make sure I'm faithful to what um they would what they would say, it's they would say it's not that we deserve God's favor, so it's undeserved favor, so it's still grace. Yes. The point of difference would be that when God offers it like a present, we can say no, yeah, or we can say yes. God will not violate some would, our will. May, yeah. Force it on us. He won't. He won't yeah. force. He won't force us to open the present. God, they would say either God will not or he cannot right. violate a human will. Right. And you have to be very careful when you start throwing around the term God cannot. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there are some things God cannot do. He, can, he can't sin. He can't sin. Yeah. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? That, that That's about it. It's a short it. list. Um, yeah, it's a very short list. So before we get, get into, I think, the the incredible, like wonderful, comforting doctrine of irresistible grace. Can we talk about just some of the consequences, some of the theological and practical consequences of grace being resistible, right? So one that I think of is, okay, if God gives me this gift, he extends it out. If I have the power to say no, again, that gets back to some of the consequences that we were talking about in, in limited atonement that he wasted the gift. The gift yes. is wasted because I rejected it. Sure. Right? That's a huge problem when you're talking about, one, God's sovereignty, and two, the death and sacrifice that Christ made on the cross. If I can just reject it and be like, yeah, no, thank you, uh, that's that's majorly, majorly problematic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It also presupposes, and I get their system works in, in accord with itself, it presupposes that you are in a state spiritually where you can discern right and wrong. So they don't believe yeah. you are totally depraved. So right, they would right. say you're spiritually sick, not spiritually dead. Yes. We would say you're spiritually dead because that's what Paul says. Yeah, that's what the Bible says. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we don't think a dead person doesn't deliberate a whole lot. So, no. So one of the one of the illustrations that we would use would be Jesus... Uh, with chapter Lazarus. eleven, maybe twelve. I know it's one of those two. Yeah, with Lazarus. Yeah, and it's like Jesus speaks, Lazarus come forth, and an Arminian view would say that Lazarus 
was laying in there, aw- See, awakened or on his own, and of and his determines, own, of his own volition. Do thinking, I want to receive this gift, I or do like I to want live. to neglect? I want to stay dead. Right. Well. Well. And and look at the thing. Like that. It is such a. I love the story, of Lazarus, because it is a perfect picture of what we're talking about. Christ commanded it in yeah. a loud voice. Lazarus, come forth. It wasn't a suggestion. It was Lazarus. Please wait. Please, please. I mean, I'm offering you this. Will you please take it? It was a command. Lazarus didn't have a choice, right? Lazarus was unable in every sense of the word to choose life, to raise himself out of that grave. It took Christ and his supreme power to speak into Lazarus's death and create life yes. in Lazarus. That's what it took, right? And that's what we're talking about here when that, that, that grace that Christ gave to Lazarus was irresistible, Lazarus did not have the ability to resist the grace and the gift of life that no. Christ gave him in that moment. It's the perfect picture. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I agree that it's um, the call of God in the call of of uh, what we call the effectual call. It is an enlivening call. Yeah. It, it literally raises someone spiritually from the dead so that they can, for the first time, see, hear, and and they like Lazarus lived. Yeah. Now they live. The issue that comes up on a, on the Armenian side of things is um, a bit of what I would call like a false dilemma, because they would say, "Well, God would never violate my will," and so right. Right. God's too much of a gentleman. Yeah. Well. So yeah, yeah they, that, they would, that, they would that's use the that. argument. Yeah. Um, and so for it to be love. Yeah. For it to be authentic, I must have a choice. Right. And right. and to me, I would I would push back a little bit and say like, okay, well, like, where did you, where where do you found or source that view of um of choice of will of love? Where where are you defining that? The other would be um that we don't even have the ability to choose him without his work. Right. It also runs into a, what I think is the biggest problem that faces it. Well, there's two. I'm dead in sin. Yeah. And so I don't get a, I, I don't even know the present is there or being offered, let alone right. can I raise, they'd be like Lazarus raising his dead hand and be like, I accept the gift. Like, right. no, that's ridiculous. Like, Give me a present. That is not <laughs> what's going on. No. The other would be, when God moves, again, this is the issue we had in the limited atonement. When God moves on someone, what is he trying to do? Because that which he tries to do is that which he accomplishes. Right. Is he trying to save them? Right. If he is, well, then they will be saved. Right. God does not fail. Right. Well, God does not try. Yeah, no, he just right. does. He just does, right? Right. There is no try. There is only do, right? Oh, okay, do, Mr. Miyagi. Do or do, do, or do that's Yoda. <laughs> oh, is it Yoda? That's Yoda. They were both short, Dude. wrinkled people. <laughs> How did you miss that reference? Do or do I not, there is no I thought it was Mr. No Miyagi. No, that's to wax Dan- on, wax off. Daniel-san. No, that's wax on, wax off. <laughs> that's a Yoda quote, man. Oh, my goodness. Whoops. Anyway. Um, Guess who's not a Star Wars fan? Yeah. Well, this that's, guy. That's a bad, this guy. <laughs> um, yeah. No, God always accomplishes what he sets out yeah. to do. He doesn't attempt to do anything. Mm-hmm. Right. And one of the other problems that I see, you know, you, you were asking, you know, some of some of the questions that come up is 
one of the huge problems is that it gets in, it really paints God in a very vulnerable, meek, unpowerful light. Because what often is... He's reactionary. Well, he's reactionary. And what's often uh, coupled with the Arminian argument for resistible grace is that, well, God, God, God doesn't want to force you Sure. To love him. He wants you to love him of your own volition. God, yeah. g- God, God needs a relationship with you. Yeah. Right. And he loves you. He cares for you. He, he, he wants, yeah, and he does love us, but it's not this weak, sissified yeah. type of vulnerability that God, he can't be in a relationship that's one-sided. He needs you to love him yeah. too. So, but what you don't understand is in order for you to even have the capacity capacity or the ability to love God that needs to be a work of God yes <laughs> right does God want us to love him yes he does does he want us to serve him and honor him of course he does that's one of the that's why we're here to bring mm-hmm. honor and glory to God but in order for that to actually work it requires God to enable us to do that yeah it, it with an Arminian's view they're saying again they wouldn't say it quite this way but I was born in sin. Yeah. I'm dead in sin or sick in sin. And I have what the scripture calls a stony, uncircumcised heart. Right. And that heart is capable of loving God or not loving God. And and my will is the thing that determines that. And that's fundamentally not the way the Bible talks about the heart of a fallen person. The heart of a fallen person is wicked continually. Mm -hmm. And God in salvation, in irresistible grace or effectual calling removes the heart of stone, gives a heart of flesh, that is the only time we can legitimately or for the first time love him. And so it's not like the the false dilemma that they paint is God saving someone who's like, I don't want to be saved. And so there would be people in heaven who didn't want to be there. Right. And in this false dilemma as well, there would be people in hell who genuinely wanted to be in heaven. So right. that, that's how they would view a Calvinistic approach is like God forces people. Right. And the sense is, no, God makes you alive like he did Lazarus. Yeah. He took out your heart of stone. He gave you a heart of flesh and you love him just the way Lazarus lived and breathed. Right. So we now as Christians who are made alive in Christ, we're given a heart to love him because if it was dependent on me, I hated him. We we all right. we we all hated him, hated yeah. him. So so never would I just be like you know what today I'm gonna love God. Right, nothing's changed. I still am a rebellious enemy of His, but today I'm gonna reach out my hand and take the no. That that, that at the at the basis of an Arminian view of grace is a very flawed view of man, because well. it, it doesn't wrestle with what the Bible says is true of man. Right, right. Well, and even more so, it's a very flawed view of God. Which That too. Yeah. <laughs> and, There's that. And at the basis of the Arminian viewpoint is a works-based salvation. If you are going to follow it to its end, sure. I understand that there are some inconsistencies. They, they would say that it's not a work, but yeah. Yes, it's true. But if you follow that, if you follow it, like you have to follow the theological train, yeah. where does this lead to? What is the conclusion at the end of the tracks? Mm-hmm. Your your will is supreme over God's. Yeah. And that's wrong. 
That's yeah. heresy. That's there, false. Yeah, there's either that is not a savable faith. Now, I'm not saying yeah. everyone. I'm not no, saying no. non art non Calvinists or Christians. I'm saying yeah. that if you are going to be consistent in your Arminian views, it's a scary place to go. It is yep. terrifying. Yeah, it's there. Either God is free, or man is free. And to say that this is an area where a lot of a lot of folks would say God is sovereign, but in His sovereignty, He has allowed for human freedom on this one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what I, I want to I, I talked a little bit to the false dilemma of you know people going to heaven who didn't want to be there, people going to hell who didn't want to be there. From a Calvinistic perspective, everyone who rejects God, who's not saved. Are are at the heart and soul of who they are, in sin, and therefore they hate God. Yes. So so no one will go to hell saying, "I desperately, at the core of who I was, wanted Jesus Christ, but He would not have me." No, no, no. So that no. That, that that's a false dilemma that we want to clear up right now. Right. No one goes to hell saying like, "I wanted Him, but I wasn't part of the elect, and so there wasn't enough seats in the auditorium for me." Right. That, that that is a now, false conundrum. That is, and yes, there will be plenty in hell that realize what they rejected, and therefore have plenty. Of I would say they, they all do. Yeah, all yeah. of them. There is mm-hmm. much weeping. There is much gnashing of teeth because they know they see finally. Yeah, I rejected that my entire yeah. life. Yeah, but yeah, no, no. Th- there are none in hell that are in hell for a, a lack of. Uh, <laughs> What do you say? Wanting wanting salvation and mm-hmm. Christ being like, no, no, not you. He's not a stingy or harsh master. No, no, he's not. The other side would be, it's not like someone's going to go to heaven and be like, you know what? I hated you. I prefer right. I was Why in hell. Why am I here? Yeah. <laughs> they have a new heart. Right. They're united to Christ. They love him. Right. Well, and that's the thing, too. It's like we need to understand that. Because, again, because of the doctrine of total depravity, like it all leads back to this. R.C. Sproul said, if you if you affirm total depravity, you must by necessity affirm the other four, four points. Yeah. Right. When this grace is bestowed upon us irresistibly. Yeah. Everything changes. Yes. Your will changes. Your desires change. Your thoughts change. Like everything is from the old man brought into the new yes and things that you hated you now love and things that you loved when you were dead you now hate and another thing one one interesting what do you say uh accusation or objection objection thank you that's the word i was looking for that a lot of people have with irresistible grace is how could we truly love god Essentially, it's the robot argument, right? If God chose us, if he gave us everything, if he gave us his love, he's the one that opens our eyes. Everything's on him. How can we truly love him? Like, how is that actually a loving relationship? Like, can we truly love God if we're just robots? Sure. Right? That's the overarching question. Yeah. Don't you need choice in order for something to qualify as love? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a very... we're, We're viewing love, I mean, first and foremost, from... Our perspective, a very human perspective. Sure. Right? A very, yeah, yeah, with our finite minds of under, and understanding what love is, it requires two consenting parties mm-hmm. uh, most of the time, unless you're into arranged marriages, which that's odd. 
Sure. Shouldn't be. Avoiding that, though. <laughs> Avoiding, <laughs> excluding that. that. So uh, I, I would say. How does a robot love? Yeah, so I would say <laughs> when we're lost, when we're, when we're totally depraved, yeah. we have a heart of stone. Hearts of stone don't love God. No. We're enemies of God. We hate God, Romans yeah. says. Um, we lack the, the most basic capacities to love because we are spiritually dead. Yes. When God makes us alive, he gives us a new nature that can now love him and now does love him. Yes. So he takes out a heart of stone. He gives us a heart of flesh. He gives us his spirit. And we we love him as a consequence of that change of action. Now, you might say, well, so do you, so you don't have a choice then? Well, I, I think we do it, fr- it freely because of our new nature. You could still accuse me of saying like, well, but you didn't have a choice in your nature, so you really didn't have a choice. Sure. Maybe. Yeah. But yeah. it doesn't come across or it, when our eyes are like Bartimaeus, yeah. are opened and we see Christ for who he is mm-hmm. and we now have in our chest a, a, a new spiritual heart. The most natural free response is I love him. I love the son that I see. Right. And, and so that, to me, that's how I would answer that. Yeah. Um, and, and well, and here's the thing, too, is like, I think I think there is a, although it's a good question, I think it's an inherently flawed question. I think it's a question that, at least in my opinion, we still want that choice. Yeah, we still want that little bit where it's like, well, I'm contributing to my love to God. Here's the thing: if if I'm a robot, if I am, yeah, we should be happy. Yeah, if you are a robot and you actually have zero free will whatsoever, and everything that you have from God is is based completely not on you whatsoever, you should be a very happy and joyful robot. Okay, I'm just saying because and 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 we dwell on the wrong wrong thing. Yeah, Let's, I think we're looking at the whole question from the wrong direction. Yeah, yeah, we need to be dwelling on look at what God gave you, mm-hmm. look at who you were, what you were doing, how you thought and acted toward God, and mm-hmm. in the midst of that, yeah, look at what God gave you based on nothing you did. Yeah, if you are a robot, you have the greatest most compassionate, most loving master in the world. We yeah. should be happy and joyful because we're focusing on what he has given us. Sure. I think that's the I think that's the more biblical and the more correct and beneficial perspective to view things through. Yeah, I I would say that I I mean I I agree with what you said. Um if we have a definitive role that we play in whether we are saved or not saved, that consequence works its way out. In the next point, I don't want to jump ahead, but that that's why an Arminian system needs to believe that you can lose your salvation. Yeah. Because what if I, who freely choose, guess what a person who freely of their own gets to do? If reject. they choose to love God, they get to choose to reject him. It's true. And if yep. God cannot or will not, we'll argue about how and who says what on that. Yeah. If God must respect my will, then you could live a faithful Christian life loving him and at the end be like, you know what? I'm done with you. Right. And lose your salvation. Right. To to which, I guess I would just say, how do you reckon with what John says? That all that the Father gives me come and of all that he gives me, I lose not one. 
you you can't make heads or tails of that kind of no, no. language the Bible uses. So I guess I would say I, I'm I'm stealing it from one of my favorite podcasters, mentors, Dr. James White. Theology has consequences. Mm. And you need to think through those consequences. Yeah. If love is content, if if my salvation is contingent on my will, then salvation is not a secure thing. Right. Um, one of the other words, real quick, before we wrap this up, yeah. that is often thrown around here and and in this discussion is the whole monergism versus synergism in salvation. In salvation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, if you want a great website with great resources. Monergism. monergism. Mm. Is it dot com? I think it's monergism.com. Org. Either. Whichever one gives you the awesome resource. <laughs> monergism.com. Monergism.com. You can go on there and listen to they are not a sponsor. No. But you can go oh, on there great, and though. search by book and chapter. Yeah. Excellent sermons. So if you're like, man, how do I understand Romans eight? Go there, search by book and chapter, and you can find excellent sermons on there. Um Monergism and synergism just has to do with with who is active. Synergism, does God have to work in concert with our will or does God work unilaterally or monergistically would be the way we'd say it. Right. And the answer is yes, God moves monergistically. Right. When he saves, he is the one who acts. We are the one who are the recipients of his actions. And one of the... Right. Well, Jonathan Edwards said... Again, I and I love this quote that we contribute nothing to our sin, or excuse me, we contribute nothing yeah. to our salvation except the sin that made it necessary. Yes. We bring a whole right. lot to the we table. bring a whole lot to the table. <laughs> it's just not what people want to think yes. we bring. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. Um, one one verse to think about as we kind of wrap up our thoughts on irresistible grace. Yeah. Um, Isaiah fourteen twenty six and twenty seven. Oh, says uh, this is the purpose that is purposed concerning the whole of the earth. And this is the land, the hand that is stretched out over all nations. For Yahweh of armies has purposed, and who will annul it? His hand is stretched out, and who will turn it back? Modern translation? That's a rhetorical question, by the way. God gets, yeah. well, yeah, the answer yeah. to them would be uh, no one. Nobody. Nobody. And uh, the modern translation would be like, God does whatever he wants. God is in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases. Yep. To quote Shylin. When God tries to save someone, he actually saves them. Right. Right. Uh, unless you want to play around with models of like prevenient grace where God tries to make someone into a, a state where they can receive him and then from there they make a decision. N- no, 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 no. That is not the language the Bible uses. No. The, the language the Bible uses is God does whatever he wants and what he wants to do he accomplishes his grace. That's what we mean when we say irresistible grace, right? His grace is irresistible. I'm happy, Josh. Yes. That God's grace is irresistible. I am happy because if it were up to me, yes, I would have resisted it. Yeah. That, that, that's just the truth of things. Yeah. Is if I could resist it, I I would have, and I would, and I will be, and I, and I would be today at this moment resisting with tooth and nail quite resolvedly. Oh yes. (laughs) Yeah. So. So, you know, something that, I know you wish you could resist, but you can't. You know God's grace is irresistible. Yeah. You know what else is irresistible? Cordon culture. Because no, it's my culture. turn. No, it's my no! turn. No, it is. Dang it! I <laughs> set myself up. You... <laughs> no, I was, I was. Oh, I was going to hit you with the punch. I was like, and I literally just gave you the yourself. sword. Yeah, I punched myself. Yeah. Stop hitting myself. Dang yeah. it! 
Corn on culture. You're welcome for that softball, by the way. I was like, he's setting this up beautifully. I Thank thought you. it was. I thought it was my turn. <laughs> I could see you were Shoot. so you were so happy I with was yourself. So gleeful, and you literally punched the air out of I my. I crushed lungs. your little sandcastle. Dang it. Um. <laughs> so little nuance. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. This is music. Uh, for the next couple of these, will be music we actually like. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, so instead of doing so, up until this point, we've been kind of well. I have, you haven't. You've broken all the rules, but that's okay. There's grace, and it's irresistible. Um, we. You're not God, but I, yes. Okay, continue. That is the understatement <laughs> you're, of, you're, of the. You're, <laughs> you're Daniel to the quote 2020. You are not God. Thank you. <laughs> I'm gonna print that Profound. out. Put it on a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> actually, that'd be a legit shirt you're to not wear God. around. You're not God. That'd be awesome. That actually, that actually, that actually, that actually be anyway, um, yeah. So what? Uh, up until this point, we've been doing songs that are kind of like top charts, well-known songs. We thought we'd try something a little different, maybe the next couple segments, or we'll just kind of mix it in and out. Songs that we like, songs that are like our personality. Like we, we, we want you guys to get to know us a little bit. And I think this is actually going to be worse for Daniel than what I have. I been agree doing, with you, and it's going to be worse for me. So if, for, for the next little bit, these are going to be songs that like. Get a little yeah. flavor. These songs are our jam. Yeah. We enjoy these songs. So, Josh, uh, this selection, this is on my uh, it's on my phone. This okay. Is stuff I listen to. All I right. I listen to this All right. pretty regularly. This is one of, this This song's your jam. You enjoy this, this song. This is my jam, and, okay. and it's pretty recent. It's a single that was dropped in 2019. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Really recent. It's fresh. It's fresh. All right. All right. Lay it on me. Feast your ears on this. That's okay. What in the world? Is this hip hop? Oh yeah. I still can't get over the fact that you like hip hop. Nothing about you screams hip hop. Listen to this business. Is this Kanye? No. Who is it? I don't know hip hop. Who is this? KB. KB. Listen. Mm-hmm. Let, let it drop. Let it drop. Okay. Right here. All right. All right. Sorry. Song's name is "Hold Me Back." So good. You listen to this when you're working out, don't you? Oh, when I'm running, dude. You yeah, can't yeah. Hold me back. You can't hold me back. Yeah. <laughs> Until you get hit by Can a I car. Can I ask you like, where your soul is at? Ask me, KB. Holy rap. My homies call me Thanos. Don't. A- <laughs> what? Dude, what else do you need to know? <laughs> I am inevitable. <laughs> no, so uh, this is bad. Yeah, this isn't good. No, and I'm not just saying that. Like, I there's a very certain type of hip hop I like, and this does not. You like the fit. get to the chopper kind of hip hop. <laughs> no, it's called chopper. Get to the chopper. Get into the chopper. <laughs> <laughs> Flow me your bars. I want to hear them. <laughs> rap for me or die. <laughs> come with so, me if you want to rap. On that oh, note, come with me so if you want I love flow. me some Christian hip hop. Uh, yes, you do. Um, you do. Which is fine. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. And, I'm not and, and, and thankfully, Chan, who has impeccable taste in music, yeah. he also is a connoisseur of all things Christian hip hop. That's good. That's yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Well, Daniel, if there's if there's one thing we can't hold back, it's ending this episode because I think we need to be done with it. I agree. Yep. You can follow us on all the sociables. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Reformatory Pod. You can interact with us online. Ask us questions. If you have questions about Calvinism, questions about why Josh 
is the way that he is. Message us, and we will try to answer that. Um, Head on over to Kingsman.com. Yep. Oh, no, excuse me. KingsmanGroomingPros.com. Yes. Pick yourself up some excellent beard oil and leather goods. Because uh, this is the last time. Don't forget the promotional code REFPOD. Get a discount. And we're out of here. Oh, bye. Call